Welcome everyone to the third episode of the Sport Kite Podcast, where we'll be talking about any and all things Sport Kite related. I am your host, Nick O'Neill, founder of sportkite.org, and I wanted to thank you for tuning in and listening. Over the next episodes, we hope to talk about everything from how to set up your first sport kite to more advanced stuff like how to tweak your trick flying and kind of a little bit of everything in between. In this episode, Paul DeBacher, Hunter Brown, John McCracken, Devin Coblay Morrison, and Zach Gordon talk about if competition is necessary for learning how to fly sport kites. John kicks it off with some insight into a personal approach to competition. Zach adds that competition is perhaps the easiest way to engage with other flyers. Devin gives us some insight into how facing intimidation and vulnerability is a part of the learning process. And for Paul, competition helps deal with discipline and adaptation. Perhaps there's something to learn from our approach to competition and how it may change our progression as kite flyers. Let's get started. So kind of in line with the whole progression mindset, and uh, you guys have kind of touched on it a little bit, um, and seeing as I think every one of you except John has done this, yeah, is competition necessary to your progression? No. You're all shaking your heads, but no one can hear you shake your head. No. No. Absolutely freaking not. Sorry. Wait. (laughs) Turn that mic on. <laughs> Turn it on. Uh-oh. Well, let's no. let's look at it from, from a different perspective because I think I have – there's – so let's look at it from the European perspective as opposed to the United States perspective, right? If, if Paul is learning to fly in Europe where competition is stronger and better, in my opinion – Yep. As opposed to U.S., where competition, in, in what I've seen, is recently people, you know, year after year. Not back then. Not progress that much, right? Not back then necessarily. Correct. Yeah, you, yeah. You know, back then, but let's say past ten years in, in the U.S., I don't imagine there's been a ton of competitive flyers. They've all left and have started flying for themselves. Maybe mm-hmm. the last six years. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah i I would say you know from somebody that early on really wanted to compete to uh having a life change of moving to a absolutely horrible place to fly in atlanta and never wanting to compete again and just wanted to fly for myself so that i was you know it, it was it was a release for me for me but progression progression is what you make of it do you want to progress to be the best competitive flyer or do you want to progress to be at your happiest when you're on the field mm-hmm. if you're trying to improve your skills as a flyer then i think the easiest as we've kind of discussed it's like going to places where other flyers are absolutely and if competition is where the most flyers are then that's kind of the easiest way to meet up with other people and to see how you kind of stack up with other flyers, if that's what you're trying to accomplish. So I don't think it's necessary, you know, to have competition to be, that was the question, right? Is it necessary for competition 
to like be a better flyer or to progress as yeah. a flyer. No, I don't think it's necessary. I think it can help. But I also think going and flying with other flyers would help as well. So there's two sides of that coin, right? You've got take the competition out of it, like you were saying, going to fly with other people to help help yourself learn and progress, right? What if you step on a field, as I know some people do, step on a field with a really accomplished flyer like any of you here, how many of them are where's that intimidation factor come in? And that's going to stunt your learning and your progression because you're intimidated to ask questions or watch or, or any of that. I mean, I saw it firsthand a couple months ago, but I think there's, there's that side of it when you're around a, a, a big name in the sport, it's, there's certainly some intimidation, but on the other side, you've got the people that are so eager to pick your brain. Uh-huh. You know, there's the, the personality and how you learn again. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of nice about competition because, like, everyone's there doing it. You know, I, like, one of the big name flyers is out on the field just by themselves with their headphones in. That's going to be a lot harder, I think, to approach as a novice flyer as opposed to everyone's hanging out underneath cabanas at a competition. It might be, it might lend itself more to you know, yeah, making it a little easier to approach somebody. Mm-hmm. I think I ultimately know. this comes down to, or kind of comes down to, like, I don't want to keep saying application, but like, how do you respond when you're under the gun? Whether that is flying a demo, whether that's competition, whether that's under your own gun, whether that's flying for a tripod to be put on Facebook live who's he what's it group it whatever um like ultimately i think we're our own worst enemy (laughs) Mm -hmm. um with a lot of this stuff um the other hard thing is is that like we've we guys have both talked about this a little bit i think regardless of whether people are sitting under a cabana or whether there's a good flyer on the field it's always intimidating like even for us like I, I'm still terrified to put one of my designs in Zach's hands. Oh, like, come on. Oh, bite me. Like, still, though. Like, terrified. Right? Like, because <laughs> like, like, it's like, it doesn't, like, it just, it's a, it's a vulnerable thing. Anything is a vulnerable thing. To ask for help or to put your progress, what, whatever that is from what we've talked about, out there, wherever that there is. Right, like, mm-hmm. so, yeah, that's one thing. But you also don't know how much you're actually progressing until you can do it and apply it in a setting that, you know, isn't your usual. Might be a little uncomfortable. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. So whether that's flying for one person, testing a prototype, flying a competition, falling on your face in a demo, sometimes literally when there's no wind. Um, I think they're all I think they're all important, but I think ultimately it comes down to how you approach it. And how you learn and how you want to progress as a as a flyer. Yeah. Exactly. I I agree with pretty much everything that has been said here. Uh absolutely there's no necessity for competition to to become a better flyer. Um I, I've seen very many very good flyers that that, that have never competed. 
Um, I will say this for competition. It, in my case, um, taught me discipline. Um, it, it made me go out to the field, even if I didn't necessarily want to, or if I could have done something else or would have done something else. But if I've got a competition coming up, I'm going to go to that field anyway. Um, and, and, and the secondary point indeed is, and that was touched on already, is uh, in my case, competition, this is the five minutes, you got to do it. Right now, you're up. The rains, doesn't matter. Wind's crap, just change direction, doesn't matter. Need another line set three minutes beforehand, do it. So uh, you are being taught by that system to uh, adapt and adjust and, and perform. And I felt that has always helped me a lot in, in, in taking that to the demo field on a festival. I have never seen competition as, as an end goal. I've always seen it as a tool to make me, uh, to make parts of me and facets of my flying, uh, to make them better and, and to make them more adjustable and to, to make me a better demo flyer, basically. So what if we called competitions checkpoints? That is the, the other thing, right? That they're, 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 they're checkpoints that at a couple of levels, they are a tool to see where you are in relationship to, to where your progress might be in relationship to other kite flyers. Um, mm -hmm. It is a very lonely thing. It's a very vulnerable thing. You're standing there in the middle of 120 by 120 foot field and everybody, at least in your mind, probably wasn't the case, but everybody's looking at you and, and here you are, go do it. Um, and, and all that success and all that failure is going to be very much on display. Um, where was I going with this? I had a line of thought. Maybe I should have had, had that drink, Hunter. I'm, I'm, I'm losing my train of thought here. <laughs> I lost my train of thought. I mean, it was very profound up until that point. Ah. I, I, I agree with the whole <laughs> checkpoint idea. I mean, for me personally, the competition is what was driving my desire to practice and to get better is because I wanted to, I wanted to win nationals. I wanted to be the best that I could be against the people that I was competing against. Um, now it might be different. Um, you know, I don't necessarily have that same drive. A lot of that's because competition, as we've kind of talked about, it's not, I guess, the same as it used to be. Um, Hope, I don't know. I think it'd be cool if that changed. Um, but yeah, but my my thought process kind of fizzled out there. I uh, I got my train of thought again. Sorry, Hunter. I got my train of thought, train of thought back. I know. I want to interrupt you. No. <laughs> um, no, but what I was going to say is that there's a big irony in competition for me, in that uh, I learned, and I know exactly when that was. Um, I learned that ultimately in competition, I wasn't competing against other people. So that checkpoint yep. against that measuring stick against other people uh, uh, disappeared. And it's at that point that I actually started being more successful in, in competition. I only competed against myself from a certain point on. And my only progression was measured against myself the last time. Yep. That was it. That was my point. All right, Hunter, <laughs> go. Go do your thing. No, I guess I was just going to say, as someone who never has really competed, um, 
uh, you know, I just never had the desire. Now I had a desire to go out there and be the best flyer I could be. And yes, did I, in a way, mentally compete against someone else who was maybe learning things that I didn't know how to do. And I wanted to be as good or better than that person. Um, but I didn't have that drive or that desire to go out there and, um, and compete in, in a formal competition kind of setting. So maybe, you know, a big part of that just kind of goes into, depends on the personality and if you're a competitive person and then potentially how you learn. And if you need those checkpoints and that, that push from the competition side that pushes you along, you know, neither one's right or wrong. It just all depends on the person. Mm -hmm. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Sport Kite Podcast. We hope to be bringing you something new every week. Like next week, you can join us for a conversation about how to potentially see a new school competition grow, and if there's perhaps some insight for those at the top to help foster the new group of kite flyers coming in. Don't forget to find sportkite.org on Facebook and give it a like and a follow, and check out the website sportkite.org and watch this resource grow. If you have any questions or suggestions, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at info at sportkite.org or drop us a line on Facebook. By the way, if you like what you've heard here and you'd like to see it continue, consider becoming a supporter. Go to buymeacoffee.com sportkite. Thank you for listening and we'll see you around. <laughs>